want to welcome everybody to the Way Christian Fellowship. We are located on Highway 321, just north of Prestonsburg, about two miles. We're on the right. Pastor Charles Edward Neely and Pastor Lori would love to have you. And uh, they got an august, stupendous, cataclysmic, I would even go as far as to say, a mediocre piano player and song leader. That would be me. Uh, I, I stole that line off Daffy Duck. He'll probably uh, sue me for it. But uh, uh, welcome everybody this morning. Uh, uh, I think I've got something from, I really believe I got a message from the Lord. And what this morning's message is, it's faith. It could have multiple titles, but in his time is the main title, but faith in God's timing. Uh, we all have faith. Everybody that's in here this morning, you have some measure of faith. Uh, Luke, uh, not Luke, but in the book of Hebrews, it says, for without faith, that's trust, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently, that means seriously, seek him. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, once again, we all have faith. Just the fact that we are here shows that we have faith. But our problem, especially in America, because we have it so made is we have trouble doing a word that most of us thinks is pure blasphemy is waiting. <laughs> so we have to have faith in God's timing. Can you say amen? But if you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 18, verse 1. This is one of my favorite uh, parables. I'm going to read it. I actually have it memorized, but I'm going to read it. And uh, I'm going to ask everybody to stand, if you will, as Pastor Charles does, just out of respect for the Word of God. This isn't showing me any respect. It's showing respect for the Word of God. But Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says, And he spake a parable unto them, to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means to give up. Now, Jesus wouldn't just uh, say don't give up if the temptation would not be there to give up. Amen. Verse 2 saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, nor re, uh, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And listen to this, verse 3 And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Verse 4 And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Ladies and gentlemen, as Christians, you know what we need to learn to do? Sometimes we need to learn to weary God. If we ask for something and we don't get it, we need to go back and keep going back. Verse 6, and the Lord said, Hear what that unjust judge saith. Verse 7, and shall not God avenge his own elect, that's us, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them 
speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth, Lord Jesus? I pray for your anointing on me. Your word's already anointing. Now, I need your help. I pray that you'd anoint the hearts and the ears that are listening. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Uh, once again, everybody, please be seated. I want to talk to you just a few minutes about having faith in God's timing. Uh, you hear a lot about faith today, especially if you turn on and watch TV preachers. Uh, and uh, your faith usually has something to do with you sending them a whole lot of money. Can you say amen? There's this one channel, and I've mentioned this here before. Uh, uh, every time I turn it on and there's a certain show on, and, and I do it just to test. As soon as I hit that channel, I start going 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, just to see how long it takes for them to ask money. And one day I was highly disappointed in this channel because it took them an entire 23 seconds to hit up for money. And they keep saying, if you will help us down there to promote the message of Jesus Christ, I've never heard the message of Jesus Christ. All they do is say, send me money. But ladies and gentlemen, as Christians, we've got to have faith in God's timing. Amen. We must be persistent in our faith. We've got to be like a bulldog and latch on to God and hang on. Uh, 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 an angel come to uh, Zechariah in chapter 1 of the uh, book of Luke. And he told Zechariah, you and Elizabeth's going to have a son. And, and, you know, he's going to be, my, I had a preacher friend of mine called him that said, he's going to be one of them gully washing preachers. That means he's going to be able to throw down. And Zachariah said, well, Lord, I'm old. Elizabeth's past having child. You know, uh, how's this going to be? Well, he said, you know, just take this time next year. This is going to happen. He said, but because you did not believe me, you're, uh, the King James says, you're going to be dumb for a season. That means mute. He said, you're going to lose your ability to talk because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. God's going to bring his word to pass eventually. So as Christians, the first thing we need to learn is not only have faith, but be persistent in our prayers because God is eventually going to come through for us. Jesus said, uh, asking you shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, uh, see, I already got tongue to Seek, and you shall find. Jesus, for, he said, for everyone that asketh, receiveth. To him that seeketh, he findeth. And to everyone that knocketh, it shall be opened unto you. In Philippians 4, 6, the Bible tells us, be careful. That means don't be worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen? So be persistent. Don't give up. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that it was through persistence that two snails made it onto Noah's ark? Can you say amen? amen. Through persistence, those two snails made it up that gangplank. Through persistence, two slow turtles made it up that plank to Noah's ark. Amen. So be persistent in our faith. Amen. Some of the examples I would like to give you about persistence is because a lot of the nice things that we have 
today is because of persistence. Now, I've been very blessed. I grew up when air conditioning existed. And uh, 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 right here, uh, uh, I don't know when fans were uh, invented, but it was sometime in the early 1900s. And people thought, hey, you know, we make these blades go around. that It'll create a, a breeze. And even though it's hot, it'll cool us down a little bit. And then whatever year it happens, so hey, you know what? If we hang these from the ceiling, it's going to be even better. We're going to have air blowing down on us. You know, these things didn't just come to be. We all live in nicer homes today than people lived in 100 years ago because of the persistence of men and women who knew how to build stuff and thought, hey, there's a better way to do this. Our cars are better today. I mean, just think, uh, used to, if you had an air conditioner in your house, you was thought to be rich. Well, somebody come up with the idea, you know, it gets kind of hot in cars. Somehow we've got to compact this air conditioner so that our ride in our cars can be more comfortable. Do you see what persistence does? Uh, I mean, we got phones we carry around in our pocket. I mean, because of international rates, I won't do it. But in, in, in 30 seconds, I could call somebody in another country with a device I can keep in my pocket. Well, 100 years ago, if you would have told somebody that, they'd say, you're crazy. You're never going to be able to carry a phone in your pocket. The cord will be too long. Amen? I'm not hearing any amens. Amen. But having said all that, you know, we've got computers, uh, I mean, all this, uh, uh, my uh, one piano I've got at the house, it's got every sound on it that you can think of. Uh, Rhonda keeps trying to uh, talk me into bringing it down here. Who knows, maybe I'll, I'll bring it down here and set it all up. But you know, the sad thing is, with all these devices, I don't think we're any happier than people were 100 years ago. You know why? Because things don't bring happiness. They might bring you a little bit of pleasure, but only Jesus Christ can fill uh, our hearts and, and give us true contentment uh, and, and joy. Do you realize that technology, pretty much from the year of one to the 1800s, really didn't change much? That's almost, you know, the wheel got a little better. The boats got a little bit better. You know, they got more comfortable ships. You know, ships got bigger. You know, they'd sail across the ocean. But pretty much, technology really didn't change all that much from the year one to the 1800s until the Industrial Revolution, and I forgot what year that started, and probably around the 1850s, things really started to pick up because of technology. Uh, do you know that at one time, now I'm going to tie this together about being persistent in our faith with God. Do you know at one time, the most intelligent people on the face of the earth said that mankind will never be able to go over 65 miles an hour because they said it would suck all the wind out of your lungs and you'd die. At one time, the most intelligent people on the face of the earth said that. How many's ever heard of a plane called the SR-71 Blackbird? It, it, it runs a Buick engine in it. It goes 33 miles per minute. So it's 11.45 right now. At 11.46, I could take off from here and be in wheel right. 
Now, the only problem is, is getting that thing stopped when I land. But for those of you that don't realize how fast 33 miles per minute is, that is faster than a 30 out six bullet, if there's any hunters in here. Now, that's pretty fast. Can you say amen? Now, are you ready for this? That plane is obsolete now because we use satellites now to spy on uh, our friends and our neighbors. <laughs> uh, but technology... The day the SR-71 Blackbird was retired and flew from California to Washington, D.C. to be put in the Smithsonian Institution, that final flight, that jet broke eight world records in one flight. Amen. I mean, folks, it's just technology. No, what's your point, Roy? Hang on to your prayers. Hang on to your dreams. Just because God hasn't brought it to pass now does not mean it's never going to come to pass. Now, now, here's, now, let's just get realistic. I would be lying. I would be very deceptive if, if uh, uh, I stood here and act like the people that wrote this. They went through frustrating times, too. Uh, let's look at Habakkuk. You don't have to flip there. But in chapter 1 of the book of Habakkuk, he lived in the uh, years of the final kings of Judah, just before the Babylonian invasion, flustered. But he said, how long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. You ever felt like God doesn't listen? I mean, be honest, I do. I, uh, uh, I've even felt like he's mad at me. Uh, uh, he says, violence is everywhere. I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds why must I watch all this misery? What uh, the man's doing, he's watching his whole country fall apart. Amen? Amen? He said, wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. Have you ever seen a, a family, I mean, good family, but there's always that one person in it. They just, they just want to stir up trouble. You could give them a new car. I don't like this color. You could buy them dinner. You put mustard on it. it don't, I mean, they've always got to have drama. And don't feel bad if your family's got one of those in it. Feel bad if you're that one. But don't, don't feel bad if, because that's in every family. I have learned something about all the families. On the face of the earth, everyone's got some strange weirdo in it. Now, my question is, Roy, are you that one? I worry about that all the time. Amen. But they love to argue and fight. Rhonda's over there going, amen. He's the one. He's the one. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become Perverted. Did you see that guy sucker punch? That guy in New York City. And the guy, he hits in a company. The guy was just standing there. Well, because of their new laws, he got out on no bail. And he's a, a lifetime parole offender, the guy that done this. And that liberal governor of New York even spoke, stepped out and said, get that guy back in jail. He don't need to be in. So I applaud her uh, for saying, get that guy back in jail. And he needs to be locked up and the key thrown away. But listen what God says. Now, you understand, here is a prophet of God going, to a, going through a time of flustered and frustration. His country is falling apart, and he doesn't feel like God's listening uh, to him. 
But listen what God says. He said, I'm doing something in your day, something that you wouldn't believe. He said, even if someone told you about it, and in the very next chapter in verse three, it says the vision is for a future time. Realize God's going to bring some things to pass in your life immediately, but some things, even though you're praying for them right now, it's going to be a future event. So don't give up. He said, uh, it, uh, it describes the end and it will be fulfilled. But here's the promise. If it seems uh, slow in coming, wait patiently for it. It will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So just because uh, God isn't doing things as fast as we think he should, don't think he's not working behind the scenes for us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if we have faith in God's timing, you know what that's going to help us to do? It's going to help us to stay persistent in our prayer life. Amen? Amen. God is going to come through for you. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 1. He says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that bringeth forth his fruit when? In his season. Have you ever walked by an apple tree and heard it go, Grunt an apple out? No, it just... I preached that at our church in Pock when they thought I had a stroke when I did that. But anyway, <laughs> I've never heard an apple tree grunt. I've never heard a pear tree grunt. The fruit just comes when, when it's time for it to come. In its season. Amen. So that tells us there's a waiting period. But during that waiting period, you know what God's doing? He's bringing steel, S-T-E-E-L, into our fragile lives. Amen? Folks, let me tell you something. If God jumped every time we said jump, we would be so spoiled rotten. We would be so spoiled. It, 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 it would destroy us. It would destroy us. And you, then you know what's going to happen? We're just going to get the only time we talk to God's when we need some. Never going to be thankful. We're going to be spoiled. Uh, listen, worry is not part of a Christian. It shouldn't be part of a Christian life. But a lot of times it is because we are flesh and blood. We're flawed. That's where we have to ask God to help us. But here's the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, during this waiting period, if we try to rush God's hand, we're going to do what Abraham and Sarah did and make a horrible mess. If you remember, God promised Abraham that through Sarah, they're going to have a child and said, your descendants are going to be like the stars of the sky or like the sand on the seashore. Well, they were both past age. Nothing was happening. So, Sarah, sometimes you shouldn't listen to your wife, especially when she tells you to do this. <laughs> Hook up with my handmaid. <laughs> so, you, me, and if you, woman tells you to hook up with a handmaid, don't do it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so, he hooks up with Hagar, has a child. It is Abraham's child. Ladies and gentlemen, all that mess in the Middle East right now is because of this. Yeah. 
descendants of Ishmael, child of the flesh, and the descendants of Isaac, the child of promise. It's just a mess. Amen? Do you not worry is it's interest we pay on tomorrow's problems? It's interest we pay on tomorrow's problems. Do you know faith and worry do have something in common though? They both anticipate a future event. Faith anticipates good things. Worry, why would you be worried if he wasn't anticipating something bad to happen? So we as Christians have to learn to wait. Corey Ten Boom, every, most of you all know who she is. She survived a concentration camp. She's a, uh, her dad was a Dutch clockmaker. They were hiding Jews in their attic of their uh, store, which was, you know, they had a home upstairs and then the attic. They were hiding Jews in the attic in Holland and they got found out. Uh, uh, I think if, as best I can remember, Corey is the only one of the whole family that survived. Her sister died in the concentration camps. Her mom and dad perished. I, I can't remember if she had any more family or not. But she said, all worry does is it, it does not empty tomorrow of sorrows. It only empties today of its strength. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is Joseph. And you can read him from Genesis chapter 39 on. That's why we encourage you kids to read your Bible. This is 11 chapters, tells you the life of Joseph. If you'd read one chapter a day, it takes you about four minutes, and you're going to see one of the most interesting stories uh, you could read all 11 chapters in less than an hour, but if you take four or five minutes a day and just read this, you're going to see one of the most interesting stories in the Bible. Joseph had a dream that all of his brothers was one day going to bow before him. Now, he was a young teenager at the time. Uh, and uh, sometimes it's not best. Uh, sometimes if you have a dream, sometimes it's best if you keep it to yourself. But his brothers were jealous of him, got, sold him into slavery at the age of 17. And listen what the Bible says. At the time, Joseph didn't realize this, but God was behind this the whole time. Psalm 105, verse 16, it says, He called for a famine in the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. But what did God do? He sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Now, this is how Joseph went into Egypt. They bruised his feet with feathers and placed his neck in an iron collar. That don't sound like royalty to me. Would you bow down to something like that? Pastor, I wouldn't. I thought, what's it? What'd he do? Verse 19, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. He was 17 when he was sold into slavery. Guess how old he was when he went to the throne of Egypt? 30. That is a 17-year period of God testing Joseph. Amen. But listen to this. Joseph was 17, sold into slavery. 30 at the age of 30, Pharaoh sent for him. It says, then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. And listen what happened to Joseph. He was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. In one day, even though there was a seven-day, 17-year battle, in one day, Joseph went from a dungeon to he's the vice president of Egypt. Ladies and gentlemen, if we hang on to God and his promises, our day is coming. Amen. But until the Lord moves, hang on. Hang on to your dreams. Hang on to your faith in God. Uh, it, Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, 
He said, why worry? He said, which of you, by all by worrying about it, can add one cubit to his stature? He said, why do you worry about what you're going to drink and what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear? He said, this is things that the Gentiles seek, seek after. He goes on to say, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things are going to be added to you. Listen, God knows what we have need of. Put him first. He's going to take care of you. Amen. And I'm getting ready to wrap it up here. As Christians, as Christians, now we all have our battles in life. Sometimes life is smooth sailing. Sometimes life is rough storms. But in as Christians, we need to have faith in the worst of times. At the end of World War II, American soldiers were going from house to house, building to building, looking for snipers. Because, you know, even though we had pretty much won the, the war in Germany, they're still, you know, until they were told to lay down their arms, they, they were going to fight. And they went into this one house, and down in the basement, there was a Star of David kind of scratched on the wall. And beside of that Star of David, someone had written, I believe in the sun when it does not shine. I believe when in love when it's not shown. And he said, and I believe in God even when he does not speak. Can we say that this morning? Do we believe in the sun when it's not shining? Do we believe in love when it's not being shown? And do we believe in God when he doesn't seem to be speaking to us. Something I always try to point out, and you all have heard me say this before, Habakkuk was going through all this stuff. He didn't have the book of Habakkuk to encourage him. He was living the book of Habakkuk. When Joseph was sold into slavery, he didn't have the book of Genesis to encourage him. He was living the book of Genesis. He didn't know that uh, he had a dream. Uh, and the next thing you know, he's a, a, a prisoner. Uh, uh, spent part of, uh, he never spent his whole life in the dungeon. He, he actually had some good times in Egypt, but then Potiphar's wife said he tried to uh, molest her, gets him thrown into prison again, and that's where he was when Pharaoh sent for him, amen? But during this waiting period, and like I said, I'm getting ready to close, as Christians, we must realize God sees the big picture. We see life in small fragments. We see life in small fragments. One of the worst things that ever happens to me as a Christian man is when my wife brings something home from the store that has these words on it, assembly required. <laughs> I go into prayer and fasting. I throw dirt in the air. I poke myself in the eyes telling her I can't see the instructions hoping she won't make me put it together. None of that works. She bought, it's called a bar, but it's a, like a table. You can eat a little small and very, it's very attractive. When I cracked that thing open, that thing had 300 screws. And it's one of these where each screw, there is a microscopic difference between each screw. <laughs> it took me almost three hours to put that thing together 
And, 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 and now I can't speak for all you men and women, but when I put something together, and, and, and our son Jordan was putting something together one day, and it was just overwhelming him. And I said, Jordan, this is how I do stuff. I said, take those instructions. I said, fold them to where just instruction one is looking at you. I said, don't go any further. Don't anticipate what it looks like. The finished product, look at instruction one. I said, then when you get instruction one, unfold it, fold it back to instruction two. And that's how I had to do this thing I put together that had 300 different screws in it. And I finally did get that thing. And once again, it's a, it's a very pretty little place to sit and eat. We, we normally just put decorations on top of it. But once again, we see, see, I, I looked at the big picture, it overwhelmed me. You know what the big picture does to God? Nothing. Because he knows he's going to come to pass. Uh, come to pass. I'm sorry. But fold those instructions. You know, realize we're just seeing life as one fragment. God sees the big picture. Amen? Uh, the Bible says his ways and thoughts are not our ways and thoughts. The Bible says that the weakness of God is stronger than men and the foolishness of God is wiser than men. So what do we do as Christians, Roy? I heard one brother say, God has never been late. But he's missed many golden opportunities to be early. Can you say amen? And I agree with that, brother. I don't know who said that, but I agree with him. But listen, realize this. As God's people, God has an appointed time. Him and Jesus and the Holy Ghost are not sitting up in heaven wringing their hands. You know, God looks at Jesus. Jesus, can you believe it? Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act. He signed it, and you and I both know that's really a climate change bill. <laughs> Nothing. Everything's going as planned. God is in control. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel said, God, you put up kings and you bring down kings. God is, so if you realize God's in control, you ain't got no more problems you have to worry about. God's going to come through. Do you realize Lazarus never got healed until he had been dead four days? He never got healed until he had been dead four days. Patience, and by patience, I don't mean, hmm, in the, in the King James, when it uses the word patience, it's talking about endurance. That is part of the process. God, and I've got three more lines. God is getting everything lined up just like he did in Joseph's life. When Joseph went to Egypt with a neck collar on and fetters, he had no idea, even though it was going to be a 17-year process, he had no idea that one day this country that he was being carried to as a slave he was going to be running that country one day. Vice President Pharaoh said, only in the throne am I higher than you. You know what Pharaoh said? You're big daddy. I'm bigger daddy, but you're big daddy. In 17 years, he went from a dungeon to the vice president of Egypt. Realized God knows what he is doing. And when we least expect it, expect it. When you least expect it, 
expect it. We'll stop the podcast right there. I pray that that's been a blessing for everybody.